I think everyone needs a coach. I mean, mentorship and guidance have been incredibly crucial in our development as a company. So I thought I'd introduce you to some amazing coaches as part of this special series of Meet My Business. So on today's episode of Meet My Business, I have the pleasure of chatting to Linda Rousseau from La Rose Consulting. Hi, Linda. How are you? Hello, Ethan. I'm very well, thank you. And how are you doing? No, all good. All good. Um, so today's episode, we're going to be introducing you to Linda. It's Meet My Business, of course. So um, we're going to have Linda explain exactly who she is and what she's doing. But ultimately, Linda has, in my opinion, a really, really unique perspective on the working world and the world of entrepreneurship. And I think a lot of people will resonate. It's a very specific kind of person who really needs to hear this episode. Um, but before we get into any of that, Linda, tell us a bit about Laras Consulting. Thanks, Ethan. So Laras Consulting is a mere 11 months old and um, started the business last year in October. And it is a fractional and virtual CFO business primarily combined with business coaching um, and um, very exciting business. I mean, I wouldn't have thought when I started the business out last year that it would have escalated to the field that it has escalated. And it has just really gone beyond my wildest dreams. Um, so, um, yeah, like I say, virtual, fractional, CFO business. So. Interim CFO, whatever, but yeah, CFO business. So I think let's take a step back for some people who might not understand what this word fractional means in, in the whole idea of being a CFO. So explain to me like I know nothing. What is a CFO and how do you fraction a CFO? Oh, yeah, that's an interesting question. So basically it means outsource chief financial officer service. So many businesses, you know, cannot afford a full-time chief financial officer. And then I'm specifically talking about startups, medium-sized businesses, even slightly bigger than the medium-sized businesses. Um, you know, the turnover is already there, they're established, but they cannot afford a full-time chief financial officer. So that gap there uh, is where I come in and then say, okay, you know what? I can come in and analyze your business for you. So the results of the financial results, I can come in, analyze it, and then show you and advise you, you know, where do you need growth? How do you plan for growth? How do you look at, for instance, your inventory management? Um, how do you look at credit management? So really come in with that CFO strategy and, and, you know, sit down and design a strategy to obviously empower your business. Yeah. And I think a lot of businesses are missing that piece. Um, a lot of us will just have like a bookkeeper who, if they're good, will keep us on track and stuff. But I think this is way, way more in depth. A larger scope is truly having a partner in your business that's helping you get to your financial targets and make sure everything's staying on track, if I understand correctly. It's exactly that, Ethan, because, you know, often, like you say, often businesses do have a bookkeeper, a very good accountant, but having, looking at the results and really going to analyze those results. So if you want to grow, so now you say, I want to grow my business by 10%, but what does it mean to grow your business by 10%? What resources would you need? Would what cash would you need? Would you need extra inventory? Would you need to, you know, invest in a new product, the development of a new product? 
you have to look at new markets. So, you know, these, these are a lot of things to consider when you say, I want to grow my business by 10%. It's not merely a number. Okay. So how did you get into this field initially? I have been in finance uh, all my life. Actually, already on school. You know, in school, I decided I wanted to do finance. So, you know, I took maths, accountancy, business economics, economics, of course, optics in English. So straight out of school, I went into articles, financial articles, but just sort of halfway into articles, you know, I decided, oh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be a CA specifically, you know, and laugh. Uh, accounting and transactions and systems and, and all of those things. And then one of our big clients offered me a permanent position and I went and I worked there. And only from there that I start and said, okay, but you know what? I actually want to go the full financial route. And I then, you know, went the full financial route. And numbers is my thing. Fa finance, I love finance. I love people too. And I mean, the combination of you know, providing financial strategy assistance and combine it then with executive coaching because I've been an executive. I know what it is to sit on the other side of the table and what considerations you need to take and, and where you need to think and how do you work with your team and how do you get the best out of your team. So, you know, the, like I say, the two spheres of the organization, the LRS Consulting, actually brings it very nicely together. Brilliant, brilliant. and and. You being an executive actually ties quite nicely into our main discussion today, which is there's a certain group of people who over time will leave the corporate world in order to make a claim for themselves, start their own companies. They've learned and developed in corporate, but they have this idea and ultimately it leads them to the world of entrepreneurship. Um, before we get into the tips that you, you'd have for people, how was that experience for you? Well, the journey has been... <laughs> Scary, but most of the time it's been the most wonderful, wonderful learning experience. I have not been prepared for the learnings I have experienced in this 11 months. To now suddenly sit, you know, right on the other side of the table as an entrepreneur or business owner and to actually have to run your own business is quite something else from being sitting in a corporate position, knowing the business, and you've got a whole team that thinks for you, um, picking up the phone to the marketing department and say, oh, you know, I need this and this and this to happen, and it just happens, and not realizing actually how does it happen and where does it come from, to now sit on that other side of the table and having actually to know where it comes from, it has just been the most exceptional, exceptional experience. But wasn't that a scary experience moving from like what feels like a more secure corporate world into your own business? Yes, Ethan, it has definitely been a scary experience. Although, you know, I think one comes at a point in time where you need to decide. I've got so many years left, you know, as, as uh, for, for working. What do I do now? Do I stay and remain in corporate or do I actually venture out and go and look at what does the other side offer? Because now there's other considerations. There's wealth creation. There's stuff like leaving a legacy. How can I actually share my knowledge on, on a platform where I can really share? And not only with my immediate team, but to a greater, greater audience. And that part thing brings the excitement because 
you can really, really share, you know, there's so many social media platforms today where you can share that, um, you know, it just provides unknown opportunities. And especially since COVID as well, we've seen that you don't have to necessarily be in an office, although a lot of us are going back, you're doing a fractional re- uh, remote business. It's entirely possible. A lot of paradigms also completely shifted in the last few years that I think have also enabled a lot of people like yourselves to be able to make the shift a lot more easily, or at least to have more opportunities. Yes, most definitely. When we talk about being a virtual CFO, now people would ask me, but how would you actually do a virtual CFO? But when you have a back office or the company has a back office, a finance office that actually prepares all the transactional work. And as long as you have computer and a good stable internet, you can access the numbers. I mean, with VPN, you can access anybody's books today. Have a look at it and really get down into the nitty gritty. Now, now I have a strong manufacturing background, but it doesn't mean I need to be on the floor to actually look at the manufacturing outlay. Now, there's videos, taking your phone and actually showing me, you know, and walking through the floor. So there's many ways we can actually work virtually without having to be physically at the premises. So in terms of moving from corporate into building your own company, I must admit, I've never been in a truly corporate setting because I'm a media person. And even the most corporate media company is still, everyone's still wearing blockies. But I, I did have the experience of working with a company at a company and being quite high up and being quite involved in the management and the vision of the company, but then feeling really held back and limited by other people, other things that I couldn't control. And ultimately, when Hendrik and I started Bad Media, one of the big things is that now we could finally be able to make the kinds of decisions that we weren't able to make previously, even though it's going to be difficult because there's less support and et cetera. There's a sense of freedom to be like, all the stuff that I've had to put up with in a certain environment, I can create my own environment and hopefully be able to not have to deal with that. Was there any of that kind of coming into your decisions as well? Where like, uh, I want to do things my own way a little bit as well. No, of course, because you have gained all this knowledge and experience. And, you know, when you're in a corporate environment, obviously you are mandated by the board. And, and yes, you are there to fulfill you know, and support the board, of course. But sometimes, you know, because there's such a bigger team and, you know, then you would say, oh, maybe not quite like this, maybe like that. And and then there's hesitation because there's not time to now test this or, or now, you know, everybody's now a little bit scared or whatever the case might be. But when you're in your own company, you have the luxury of actually, okay, I can try this. If this doesn't work, I can try that without having to be bogged down and actually hold back and, and maybe be pushed a little bit in a corner sometimes, irrespective of where you fit in the organization, because there's a bigger picture. Although I'm always all for teamwork and supporting the board and the decisions that's being made, because obviously when I work for a client, that's exactly what you do. But it's in a different way because you now go and advise and give the best advice. And then it's up to the board or the organization to decide whether they want to take it or not. But at least there's that opportunity to, to give different ideas and, and bring different thought processes to the actual whole strategic process. Right. Love that. So, okay, let's get into the tips because 
as incredible as it can sound to move from corporate into your own company, everybody in the back of their minds is thinking, yes, but the security, the stability, X, Y, and Z, it's, it's a big shift to make. And it's not something that you should necessarily make very lightly, especially in South Africa, you know, jobs are scarce. It, it is definitely always a risk to take these steps. However, you, you have taken this leap and have done so successfully. And I think have some great advice to pass on to people who may be considering selling the same thing. So how do you maintain your brand moving from corporate into, you know, your own company? Well, that was one of the biggest shifts I had to make is building a brand. Because when you're in corporate, you don't necessarily build a personal brand. Because you know you are secure, you know, in your position, your name is secured coupled with the corporate environment where you are. So, you know, you have this sort of idea, why do I need a personal brand? And when I started out last year, I really had to then go and build a personal brand, let alone an Arospox Salting brand. And it's hard work. I mean, it's not definitely not easy. I mean, you know, like I said earlier, you know, before when you're in corporate, you pick up the, the phone and phone the marketing department and say, oh, I want this and this and this done. And it just happens. But now actually sitting and, and really understanding what is your marketing strategy? What is it that you are going to do? What is the timelines you are going to look at? Can you meet those timelines? What do you have to put in? What does it mean to build a brand? I mean, those things, I did actually, I didn't know anything about it. And, and I really had to learn. And thankfully, you know, I have got a fantastic marketing team behind me that is actually assisting me in that whole, whole process. And, and I had wonderful opportunities, you know, when I w- moved away from corporate going on my own, I was invited to write finance magazines, articles, I mean, for online trade magazine. And that has given me a lot of confidence actually to write a lot of content. And there the journey had started. But I think the one thing that I would want to say that when you're in corporate and you have this idea of, I want to go and move and be on my own, start building that personal brand. Let people already start to get to know you because there's this thing that I say that when you move from corporate to your own thing, you literally move from zero to zero. Not always. But in most cases, I can guarantee you, when you make that shift, you are no longer Linda so the CEO or COO or CFO of a corporate entity. You are just Linda so And who is Linda so or whoever you are? So, you know, I think that is one of the biggest things that I can stress. Start building on your personal brand already wherever you are in your corporate environment. Hey, so is there anything else that people need to be considering when switching from corporate into their own personal company? Oh, yes. That things doesn't happen overnight. It takes a while. So make absolutely, absolutely sure that you have at least six to 12 months cash flow, self-funding to carry you. Because to start a business with debt, you know, going to the bank and actually get a business loan, Yes, it can be done. Of course, it can be done. It depends on what type of business you want. And I mean, there's lots of funding options. But to have that sort of, to start your business with debt, you know, my mother and father always told me, you mustn't have debt. Now, of course, you know, the world has changed. 
but there's still that old fashioned, you know, ideas that are still part of me that you're not going to start a business with debt because it already puts so much pressure on you. So having, you know, making sure that you have self-funding for at least six to, to 12 months, I mean, that is definitely big, big consideration. What I was going to ask is how do you actually start thinking about this stuff? But I guess the answer is really just you've got to start doing your research and really diving into the world of marketing, the world of cash flow, all of that kind of stuff. But perhaps it's also about getting some good people on your side in the beginning as well. Yes, most definitely. But I mean, I think the first place that you start is having a dream. And then having that dream, setting it, what is my vision? What is my mission? What is my goals? And once you have set that all out, draw up a proper business plan where you then go and say, who's, who's going to be my market? Marketers will always tell you, you have to have a niche market. And so know what is your niche market. Go and do that research. Make sure that you go and look at all the different angles. Look at your competition. Do you want to bring in transactional work? Do you want to offer additional services like accounting, bookkeeping, tax? So there's many considerations, you know, just before you just jump in and start a business. How do you then build on what you've developed in corporate and take that into the business world? And I'm not just talking from a skills perspective, but from a networking um, perspective as well. Like, I know there's like, you know, non-compete agreements that people sign and you can't work with certain people for a certain amount of time after you leave an organization. So I feel like there's, it seems like there's a lot of things to navigate. But ultimately, you've been working with these people for so long. Surely there must be some way to kind of benefit from this network that you've grown. Yes, there is certainly a benefit. Although I would say, in my experience, I did find that all those business connections that you have and built over the years, in that first sort of few weeks, few months, they are not necessarily your customers, they are not necessarily your future customers because they don't know you in this new role. They don't trust you in this new role. They don't know if you're going to deliver in the same way that you have delivered when you were in the corporate environment because there you were bound by the governance of the corporate environment. Now you are governed by your own governance. And and so there's that trust relationship that needs to be built between you in your new role and, you know, all, all the connections you, you've built up over the years. But on the other hand, having said that, when you're like really honest and authentic and going out there and saying, this is what I want to do, but I need help here and there and there, do not be afraid to ask for help because I have found people are just so generous in wanting to assist you. I think that is one of the things that has blown me completely, completely away. As much as I say that all those business network connections you have built is not necessarily at first your customers, as much I can say, all those people, when you reach out and say, please, I need help. I don't know how, or I'm not too sure how, or what can I do? Or what do I need to look at other than what I'm looking at? Yes, I know a lot about finance. I know a lot about running a business, but there's certain things that the integrity of actually being an entrepreneur, which is completely different, you know, and at what point do you maybe outsource? So, you know, I 
got myself somebody to teach me how to do Facebook. I mean, I didn't even know how to do Facebook, how to tag somebody. Now I'm suddenly I had to write adverts. And in the beginning, I had somebody that could actually help me with all of that. Till eventually I said, okay, you know what? I can do this now. And eventually I then outsourced my whole marketing department. But at least I know how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the big thing of entrepreneurship is that ultimately it's about learning everything about the business with the goal of outsourcing it. That, I think that's at least how we're approaching it is that I, if I'm going to confidently outsource a certain aspect, I at least need to be able to speak their language. I'm ideally never going to be on their level. I always want to hire people who are way better than me at the thing that they're good at, right? But if I don't even know what it is that they're doing in the first place, if I haven't even tried to do the thing myself at least once, I don't think you can have a real actual good relationship, like working relationship, because you don't ever speak their language. We've all had this experience where someone from a completely separate department asks you something, and it's so clear that they don't even know what they're even supposed to be asking. They don't even have the grammar. They don't even have the jargon yet to even know what to ask you. And just that's the thing about entrepreneurship. It's just slowly but surely figuring out every single part of this gigantic vision that you have, and then ideally starting to get more and more people on board. It's it's a crazy, crazy thing to do. It really is. I never used to even think about the word content. Now, <laughs> I know all about content. I didn't, you know, you know, what is it to build a website? What a wonderful experience, you know, to build a website. Um, what needs to go in there? What is the considerations that you need to look at? Yeah, it has just been absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. Like I said in the beginning, the learnings. Despite all the stress and, oh, how am I going to ever do this? And will I actually be, ever be able to master, you know, this very unknown field? But here I am today and, and, you know, I can sit here and I can say, what a wonderful, wonderful experience. So for anybody who's considering leaving the corporate world, I know that uh, Linda in the background has been working on some really cool ideas for content for in the future, but we'll, uh, we'll keep it under wraps for now. But in the meantime, if you'd like to reach out to Linda, how, how can people do so? Well, obviously, you can reach out to me on my LinkedIn profile under Linda LaRos or on LaRos Consulting. You can visit my website at laros.co.za. You can also contact me on 068-679-002. Perfect. So if you are somebody who needs some fractional CFO services, or perhaps just want to pick Linda's brain a little bit about the steps that she's taken in her business, please, please reach out. I genuinely love working with Linda. And if anybody would like to start a podcast, uh, our book, Become a Podmaster, Everything You Need to Know to Master the Art of Podcasting, it's out everywhere. You can just find it on Amazon or any website that you usually buy books from. We are also busy upgrading our mentorship program in the meantime. So you can just go to bear.media for all the information there. Linda, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. Ethan, for having me, it was such a pleasure speaking to you. If you've been thinking about starting a podcast but don't really know where to start, go to our website, Baird.media. That's B-A-I-R-D.media. You can find the book, Become a Podmaster, everything you need to know to master the art of podcasting. And you can also sign up to one of our mentorship programs where we help you figure out, develop, and produce your show from start to finish.